I love that song, by the way, that, um, you know, uh, I climb that mountain with my hands wide open. Anybody ever tried to rock climb without hands? <laughs> it's probably impossible. I've never tried. I want to live. Um, but it, it's, it, that's what I love about it. It's an impossibility. You can't climb a mountain with your hands wide open. And that's what we've been looking at. That God sent his son. Love came down to meet us and do in us and through us what we could never do on our own. Climbing that mountain with our hands wide open. Because he picks us up. He takes us. And he, he, and he, just, he calls us, follow me. Follow me. I will give you my spirit. I will give you a purpose, give you a plan, and take you with me. That's awesome stuff. And we, that's what we've been talking about. This For the little series, if you're new here, uh, this is our series we've been going through for uh, a number of weeks now, and we're just we're almost at the end of it. I'm almost sad because this has been a great series. I've just heard a lot of good things. We, we had an opportunity to go to the Blessing Center yesterday because here at the Mission, we believe service should always be first. Uh, serving Jesus is our first priority. And so the first of the month, we're always at the Blessing Center, and it's just a great time. And, uh, and we brought in literally a couple truckloads of clothes and shoes and everything that, that our little church was able to donate to the Blessing Center. And it was cool. It was cool to see all those guys there just going, wow, this is awesome, because it's exactly what they needed. It was exactly what they needed. And it's, it's like God has a plan or something, right? You know, like God is at work. He's here. He's not silent. And he's got something he's doing. And he's bringing us with him. And it's just so awesome. So the, the last few weeks, by the way, is why we, we had all that stuff. Because God's been dealing with us in our possessions, what we own. And just kind of struggling through how do we give that over to him? How do we how do we walk alongside him with all of our stuff? With Because we live... We live um, in this world, which is all about stuff, isn't it? It really is. It's get the most stuff you can, then you die, right? <laughs> Be happy. And so how do we as followers of Christ deal with that? And we really look with that last week. But, but the second part that I really want to push us towards is what I believe we struggle with even more than our possessions. And, and honestly, it's, it's, it's people. It really is people. If we looked at possessions today, we're going to really be looking at people. And, and we like to take notes here. So if you're taking notes, um, this is just something real quick. The, the biggest source of our pain on our path of life can be people. Can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Either the lack of people can be a big source of pain, or, or that one person can be a big source of pain. Or maybe that group of people, or whatever it is. It's just, it's the way Life is. It could be the biggest source. Um, in fact, I, I want to show you a couple things. I thought this was funny. I used to work in retail. Um, I, uh, and retail in general is just a service orientation towards with people. When you're selling a service to someone. So to some extent, even if you're an engineer, you've got to work with people, right? So it, lawyers, I mean, everybody has to work with people. Um, and so I just thought these little memes, these little uh, uh, pictures were really funny that had to deal with that. So I want to show you a couple. So it's okay to laugh. It, 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 laughter is holy. So who, and I love this one. I said, whoever said the customer is always right? Clearly, they never worked with the public a day in their life, right? <laughs> yeah, can I get an amen on that one? Okay, so, second one. Don't worry, they get funnier. All right. I don't always hate people, but when I do, I'm working retail. <laughs> I like that one too, because that, that's just the truth. I'm sorry, I, I used to be a waiter for eight years. I can identify with that. And of course, the last one, it wouldn't be a meme if it wasn't for an unhappy cat. I used to smile until I worked retail, right? 
So, you know, I, I just, I think those give us a good understanding because, I, in fact, I was talking with uh, Dick and Becky Ashley who used to work at a camp. And they said, man, we used to have a saying at camp, like, if we can just get rid of all the campers, then this place would stay clean. And it would be great, you know. And, and I think that to some extent the thing, it goes with church too. But the problem with not having a perfect church, or the problem with having a perfect church is, first of all, I'm here. Okay? That's why this church isn't perfect. But don't look at me that way because it's you too. When you put people into a situation, you get imperfection. You get problems. You get pain. That's just the way it is. And we can laugh about it, but the truth is, most of our pain comes from this. And so we are going to struggle with this. And this is why I love what Jesus is doing on the Sermon on the Mount. Love came down not just to tell us things, but to show us. To share the heart of the Father with us, and then to show us what it means to, to, to climb this mountain with our hands open, saying, it's not me. Because at the end of the day, if you can say, look what I did, you've missed it. You've missed it. But at the end of the day, if you can say, Jesus, this is what you did, and I'm so grateful. God, you came into me. You worked it through me. And at the end of the day, I'm going to praise you and give you glory because I couldn't have done this. You got it. That's the Sermon on the Mount. That love came down to work in us and through us. And I just love that. And so here, we're going to look at a really touchy subject. Judging. Judging. So let's, let's rise to our feet. We're going to pray real quick, and then we're going to jump into this because... Pray for me as we go through this. The last thing I want to do is give to you an incorrect interpretation of the scripture. And so this is a very tough subject because we live in a day that says, don't judge me, don't judge me, right? And the last thing I want to do is mishandle scripture and what Jesus is saying when he says, don't judge, right? So let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the truth, the, the, the love that you are and what you have done and continue to do in us and through us, your little church. Lord, you you not only want to connect with us, you want to grow in us and through us, and you want us to serve. And we just love it. We love it. Lord, thank you for bringing us out of slavery, slavery to sin. You have given each and every one of us who have accepted your son Jesus by faith and Independence Day. A day we can look at and say, I am free, free indeed. And we thank you. We thank you for that. And we bless you. And right now, Lord, as we look at your word, we don't want it just to, we don't want it just to hear it and say, oh, that's interesting or, oh, that's good. And, but we want it to get in us and work itself through us. Like the yeast in a dough that causes it to react and change. Lord, we want that in our lives. And we thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, continue to stay standing, and we're going to go ahead and read Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 6. And it says this, Don't judge, or do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the same measuring stick you use, the same measuring stick will be used on you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own? How can you say to your brother, Let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time, there's this ridiculous plank in your own eye. Sorry, I have a tendency to embellish, but that's kind of what he's saying here, all right? You hypocrite, you actor, first take the plank out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Don't give to dogs what is sacred. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. 
If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. All right, you may be seated. There's a lot of stuff going on here. Planks and pigs. Lumber and livestock. Crazy stuff going on. So we want to see this, all right? We want to see this for what it is. So I'm going to give you a little bit of just interpretation on the Greek. And please understand, we have some great materials today, all free. Uh, the Blue Letter Bible is a great little Bible app that you can get pretty much anywhere. You get it free online, and it gives you the Greek and a lot of this stuff. And just with a little bit of search, anybody and everybody with a little bit of knowledge could really just get a lot of this information, which is great because God doesn't hide stuff. And say, only if you find it really, you know, you have, to be, you have to be the smart guy. You have to be the really with it girl. No. God has come down so that we all can reach him. Amen? And so this is some really simple stuff that I just want to put you through here. So you get this. The word for judge that's used in the New Testament many, many times is called krino. And I want to take you through three passages where krino is used. So that we can understand when Jesus says, don't krino. Okay, or what krino, which is the actual Greek there, we, we want to see what he really means. Because again, this is very misinterpreted. So if you look at Titus chapter 3, in verse 12, he says, you know, Paul's talking to Titus, and he says, as soon as I send Artemis or Tychius to you, do your best to come meet me at Nicopolis, because I have krinoed or decided to winter here. So is Jesus saying, don't decide? Don't make decisions? Oh no. We would be the most inactive uh, uh, sloths of a people today if that was the case, right? He's obviously not saying don't make decisions because you have to make decisions every day. Otherwise, you'd all be here naked because you would decide not have been able to decide what clothes to wear, right? <laughs> what do I do with my hair? I don't know. It says don't make decisions. No, we, that's probably not what he's saying here. So John 18 says this, Pilate said, take him yourself and judge him by your own law. Now that form of crino has to do with the court system. Okay? Anybody ever served on a jury? If, if you have, right, and we take this interpretation of judging from what Jesus says, don't judge, then all of you are sinners if you judged on a jury. I don't think that's what he's saying either. Okay, There's nothing wrong with, with passing a decision or a judgment in a court of law. So we have to look at that. Last one, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5. Paul is illuminating the last part of Crino, which I believe is what Jesus is saying here and what we get from the interpretation. He says this, Therefore, judge, so Crino, nothing before the appointed time. Why? We want to wait till the Lord comes. He will bring it to light, what is hidden in the darkness. You see, he's saying he will judge. He will Crino. And will expose what? The motives of men and women's hearts. At that time, each of you will receive his praise from God. See, this form of crino is the ultimate form that we need to look at. The ultimate judge. This is the ultimate judge. This is the where uh, we, we have a tendency to crino in this mindset is, is, is people's motives. People's motives. Um, this is the crino that Jesus uses. So he says, don't judge, ultimately judge men's hearts. Because you don't know. That's what he's trying to say here. So how, I want to look at this very simply, but also this is another word I really want to put out really quickly because this is very important. When we look at don't judge, it's very simple for us to go, oh, okay, I won't do that. But the word for don't is may. And this word's an interesting word because it literally means stop. It doesn't mean don't, it means stop. So if we were to really look at this in the correct uh, Greek, it would say stop judging. And that's, that's a big difference. Because it's not a future thing that you might do. It's something you're doing already. 
You see, he's talking to his disciples saying, I know you're doing this. I know this is a temptation. In fact, you already are, so stop. Do you get the difference between don't and stop? I think that's super important that we need to get this. And so what I want to do is illuminate about two or three things here. Um, So if you're taking notes, I'd love for you to just jot these things down. But this is super important when it comes to how how we deal with people. Because judging really is a huge cause of problems and pain in people. All right, so first thing. We judge when we take the place of the ultimate judge. That's, I think, the first aspect that we see here. We judge uh, um, when we take the place of the ultimate judge. See, we have a tendency to to look at situations with people and, 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 and judge their motives. And so... I think what a big part of this is Jesus is saying, stop trying to be me. Stop trying to be God. There's one God, and you're not it. And that comes a shock to, uh, as a shock to many people. It comes a shock to me, right? Because there's many times that I love, to, I love to just say, you know, no, I got this, God. I know, I know what they need. And this is just what we do. Um, See, when we judge their motives, and we, we, we're basically saying to God or to others and to ourselves, I know why they did that. I know 100% why that person did that. See, um, we try to crino, and only God can crino. And, and, and see, sometimes Todd always takes my, spark, my parking spot because he's jealous of my great hair. Right? I, I do that to Jason. He's got, he's got fabulous hair. And, and, and it's very easy for me to say, oh, he, he, you know, Todd just takes my parking spot because he's just jealous of, because I know those things, right? I know Todd's heart. Uh, my neighbor loves to keep his yard a mess because he's a, he, he's a slob. Yeah. And he doesn't like me. I know it. How do you know it? I just do. You do? Yeah, of course. See, my family hates me, and that's why they don't get along. I, I don't get along with them, so that's why we don't talk. How do, you, how do you know they hate you? I just know. They've said things here and there, and so I just know they hate me. Really? You see how easy it is to jump into Crino? We just do it naturally. When someone cuts us off, right? It, typically for me, they always have a Raiders sticker on the back, but they just do, right? And, and I go, that's why. They're jerks. How do you know? They like the Raiders. <laughs> Sorry. If you're a Raiders fan, I apologize, but you can email me later. I won't respond. But you know, the, 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 the truth is, like, we have that tendency. Well, why do they do it? Because they're dumb. Really, you know that. <laughs> you know that 100%. No, I, I know. I know that person's heart. I mean, you don't have to be married very long before you get into an argument with your, with your lovely, right? With, with your significant other. And it becomes not necessarily, why did you leave the toilet seat up? Or, or, or you didn't do the dishes, or you didn't take out the trash, because you don't love me. Or, or you, you just, you're, you're angry with me, or you hate me, or you just never this, or you never that, and we, we have a tendency to just attack people's motives, don't we? See, it's not that just, you just didn't do this, it's you didn't do this because inside, this is how you really are, and I know it. Because I am the ultimate judge. And we do this all the time. We do this all the time. See, if there was a, um, if there was an Olympics in judging, I think I'd be a, I think I would be a gold medal winner. I'm a pretty good critical judger guy. Now, don't be afraid. I'm, I don't try, I, I'm really working on this. All right? And he's going to judge me too late. Um, 
but, but, uh, but you know, I'm really good at this. I mean, I see people driving all the time or doing these things, and I'm just like, oh, I don't know. And it just comes out of me. I didn't have to practice this. I'm just good at it. And I have a tendency to think that you might be too. It's just a part of who we are. I love to judge, and I'm really bad at it. And I don't mean not good, but I do it all the time. And my guess is you do too. So we need to not take the place of the ultimate judge. Now, secondly, judging always comes from our own pain. And what do I mean by that? There's an old Aesop fable of the, of the lion who, who uh, has a splinter, something to the effect, a speck in his paw, you could say. And it's really bugging him. And he's crying out in pain. And, and the person that needs to come and help that lion, there's a danger there. Because if you touch a wounded lion, you touch a wounded animal. My, my daughter learned really quick, don't get in the middle of two animals fighting. She got a scar, you know, she got scratched and all, and it was her cat who loved her, but it was in the middle of conflict, the middle of pain. You see, the problem is, whenever we try to help somebody in the pain, or we respond out, out of pain, we judge. It's just the way it is. Judging always comes from our pain. And Jesus is saying, stop doing that. See, we are new creations in Christ. We have a tendency to go back to our old self, but the truth is, if God has redeemed us, He's come down to lead us and climb the mountain with our hands wide open, we cannot not respond in our pain, not respond out of our past, our our loneliness, our neglect, our anger, our hurts, our bitterness. We can now respond out of the heart of God. And that's tough. Because ultimately, when we see that person do that, we just, "Mm, you did this to me. (laughs) Right? And so we judge. Because I don't like it when people do that to me because so-and-so did that to me when I was two and I've never forgotten it. You see? Pain. Judging is all about our response from pain. And love came down to take us out of that valley of death and pain and bring us to true life. So what's up with the planks and the pigs? Okay. Planks and pigs. We're going to get to it. This is a P day. Some of you got that. Judging always keeps us from our own personal truth. See, judging always keeps us from our own personal truth. Jesus goes on to say, said, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? And that plank in, in the Hebrew is very much like a huge beam that would have centered the house. Uh, just a huge beam. And, and, and you can almost, by the way, in, in, in that time, uh, Jesus taught in such a way that was very familiar to, to all the Middle East in, in the rabbis of the day where they would use a very dramatic flair to get a point across. And so when he says this, the audience would have laughed. So what I'd like for you to do is laugh when I say this, okay? Um, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in, your, sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? That's how they would have responded. They would have died laughing. They would have, oh, he's such a funny guy. Is he here every night? Or drinks on the house? You know, I mean, that's just what they would have done, right? I mean, it's crazy. It's ridiculous. And, and we, get the, we get the term, by the way, the blind leading the blind through this. But, but the truth is, it's more like the blind ophthalmologist trying to do an eye exam on the blind. That's really what's going on here. And, and, and it's not, it's, it's just, it's not going to happen. When you try to take the place of God, we fail miserably and miss our own personal failings every time, 
our own personal issues. Two things with the lumber. When we try to judge like God, again, we look ridiculous because we're not God. And that's what he's saying. You're just not. You don't know. It's, it's the pot calling the kettle black. You know, it's just crazy. Second thing is, judging personally says, I'm the only person who can do this. It, it literally says, step aside, God. I know you're omnipotent. I know you're omniscient. I know you've created everything and all that stuff. But seriously, you're not doing a good job. That's what it says. And, and it says, step away. I'm going to ultimately judge this person because I can. Personally, I've got what it takes. This is why God says, hey, your own measuring stick is used against you. He brings it back to the personal. He's like, hey, if you want to, if you want to personally handle this, <laughs> then you're going to be personally responsible. And I don't know about you, but I want a really good measuring stick when I'm dealing with people because I want the same one used on me. Amen? And the lumber just brings that out. It just brings it out. Now, if we were to look at it this way, and this is what I would encourage you to see, the lumber is we are building our life on ourselves. See, when we take that lumber and we use it and we don't, we don't give it to God and we don't let Him, we're building our own foundation of which doesn't stack well against God's foundation. This is the truth. You see, instead of having uh, ourselves entrusted to God, what we do in, in the person of God, we, we take the plank and we leave it there and we judge and we build this foundation which just doesn't, doesn't add up. And, and it all relates to what Jesus was talking about in the previous versions, ver, uh, verses. Bottom line, treasures, needs, prayers, forgiveness, all of it's the same. If you don't entrust God with these things, then you're going to fall. If you don't try to climb that mountain with your hands open, you're going to fail. Love came down to lead, and especially with people. And you might say, but what about those people that abused me? And it now consumes my present because of what happened in the past. God's on the throne, not you. Will you trust him with those people? But you don't know my in-laws, right? We say that. I do. You don't know my in-laws. No, but God does, and he's in charge. Will you trust God or will you take it personally? All right, so what's up with the pigs? Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. I could, I could use some pearls right now. I don't know about you, but I could use some pearls. Pearls would be nice. They pay the bills, right? And, and back then, pearls were just as priceless as they are now. So Jesus is, again, making a very dramatic thing. But if you were to take a pearl and throw it into the pig trough the pig wouldn't touch it because it's not food. See, back in the day, I used to go to a place called Lake of the Ozarks. Awesome, awesome lake in Missouri. And they had this place called the Dam, which was basically where they, at one time in like 1920, dammed up this whole valley and then they flooded it. It's like 2,000 miles of shoreline. It's a massive lake. And at the end of that dam, it's like 300 feet deep. It's so deep. They found catfish down there that are five, six, seven feet long. Um, the divers at first were like, oh my gosh, because it's just so much room for these catfish and these carp and things to grow. And, and the cool thing about the dam, whenever we got there, we pulled our boat in, um, we would stop and there was always this one spot where all these carp were. 
and, and they were like three, like they were huge. They were a couple feet long at least. And, and, they, and there was a little place there where you could buy bread or little like wafers things and throw it in the water and the carp would eat it. And that's why the carp were always there. Well, I was a poor kid. And I was also a jerk. So I didn't grab any of the food. I would find trash on the ground, right? Because I'm like, oh, they'll eat anything. And I'd find a bottle cap here or, you know, a stick or a toothpick there. And I would throw it in. And, you know, they're all swarming and they would see it and they would kind of look at it. They would would just kind of put their mouth on it, but they never took it in. It's the same aspect here. See, when we throw the pearls to the pigs, they're not even going to respond to it. What is that? That's not going to feed me. Same thing with the carbs. And so what, what we need to look at is we can judge people with positive things too. See, Jesus is saying, it's not just negative things. It's not just out of your pain. It might be out of the positive stuff too. See, you might be a believer and, and, and you might have a home where you're, you believe in Jesus and you've got these kids and they don't and you've been telling them and you've been saying it to them and you've been, ah, you're, you're not, you need to know this and it's truth, it's positive, it's right. But it's not in the right way. And they don't even receive it. And they might never receive it. You might say it in the right way. You might mean it the right way. And it's positive, baby. But man, they're just not getting it. This is what he's talking about here. They're going to spit it out. We can try to force positive things on people in a non-God way. We can be judgmental with positive just as much as negative. 1 Peter 3.15, if you're taking notes, that's just a great little passage that Peter is talking about, just talking to people that don't get it, they don't know it. And we need to, he says we need to respond with gentleness and respect. We need to respond with gentleness and respect. See, Jesus never pushed the positive on people. He never pushed it. He was the friend of sinners. That was one of the biggest judgments that the Pharisees would say against Jesus. He's a friend of the sinners. And Jesus would say, guilty, right? Because he was. Because he would go to them. He cared for them. But he never pushed who he was in such a way that they went, what the heck? And just walked, you know, just didn't take it for what it was. He always did it God's way. We need to be doing this. We need to make sure that when we, when we are trusting God with our pain, we also need to trust Him with His Word and the positive truth of what He's brought to us and not force it out of fear, guilt, anxiety, control, manipulation. It's very easy to do that. So what now? Again, Jesus is not saying here, don't help or don't say anything. Just keep your mouth shut and just be concerned about yourself. No, He's saying, how do we respond He's saying, don't do it this way, but do it this way. So I want to point you to three principles. Three principles that I believe are going to help us deal with the specks. Because again, what does he say? He says, take the plank out of your eye, then you can deal with the speck. Do you get it? He doesn't say, take the plank out, just walk away. Or take the plank out and don't ever try to deal with the speck, you're not qualified. No, deal with your, your stuff, your pain, your own personal, and then, right? So three things I want to point you to. Look to principles over personalities. See, the honest truth is people are going to leave you, they're going to burn you, they're going to beat you, they're going to bruise you. They just do. And personalities, oh my goodness, there's so many. And it's easy to go, well, I'm going to go to that person but not that person. But the truth is we need to let God lead us 
all people, especially the ones that are tough. We need to not judge them and not look at personalities, but look to the principles. Personalities are what we focus on so much. We don't know why the way they, they are the way they are. God does. So keep the principles instead of the personalities. See, if she wasn't so rude or if he wasn't such a jerk, we need to remember the principles and, and, that, and that's just easier to deal with it than the personality. So God loves them, and this is the hard part, just as much as he loves you. The people that tick you off the most, that bring you the most pain, he loves them just as much. That person that is so bad in your life, that has hurt you so much, he loves them just as much. I don't like that. I like to think God loves them like I love them or doesn't love them like I don't love them. But that's just me focusing on personalities and not the principal truth that love came down to all people. Second, look to God's power and let go of your pride. This is the hardest thing to do most practically. This is just tough. Um, we just have a tendency to believe we're correct, don't we? Like, I'm right. You're wrong. <laughs> it's just who we are. You know? I mean, especially when there's pain involved. When someone hurts you. Well, they can't be right because that hurts so bad. And so we fight it. But when we look to God's power, they have no power over us. Amen? And, and, and the truth is, when we get hurt, we give them so much power by dealing with them, by, by renting them headspace in our heart, in our minds, in our soul, and we struggle with it daily because so-and-so did this. And instead of focusing on God's power and releasing them and letting God be the judge, God be the one that has all the power, we say, step aside, God. In my pride, I'm going to deal with this. And I'm going to allow this to affect my life. And I'm going to judge. Don't do that. Look to God's power. He sent His Holy Spirit for a reason. I love what, what, what David prays. Lord, if there's any way in me, let me see it. Um, there's another verse that Jesus talks about, and he actually is, it, we, we dealt with this before, but it very, it very much applies to this. He says, when you come to the altar, when you come to the altar and you have something, actually, your brother, you realize that your brother has something against you. Do you, know, do you notice the, the subtlety there? It's not you have a problem with your brother. No, you've come to the altar and you realize, oh, they've got a problem with me. This is hard because this, this forces us to not be prideful. And by the way, back then when they came to the altar, this was days and days of trips. They had to take off from their vineyards. They had to take off from their livestock. They had to get the right stuff, everything perfect, and then get there, which took a couple of days. It was hike. I mean, it, it took forever. And, and Jesus says, when you get to that altar, which has taken you a long time to get there, which is not easy, which is the most inconvenient thing in the world, you get there, leave it and just go back. That's tough. That's tough. But that's the extent we are to go in dropping our pride, letting go, and saying, God, you're carrying me up this mountain, not me. And, and at the end of the day, when you can say, I didn't do that, it was God, you're there. You got it. You figured it out. It's not about you. But that's why we judge. We want it to be about us, right? But they hurt me. They did this to me. Rely on God's power. Not your pride. 
Again, James 4, 6, I love this. It says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. You're going to open the floodgates of grace when you drop your pride and you just let God and his power lead you. And I'll tell you, I, I can say this with a surety. I have done this, but I can also say this with a surety. There's been times I haven't. And man, I've been opposed. That word opposed is an interesting word. It literally comes back to the Garden of Eden when God put an angel, the biggest angel you've ever seen. You don't want to mess with him. I mean, we're talking the rock to the 26th power, right? In front of the garden with a flaming sword. That's the word for opposition. He stood there and said, you are not coming in. And no one's gotten in yet. And God says, that's the opposition you have when you have pride against the people that are giving you the pain in your life. Third, look to the person of Jesus and serve him in the people you meet. See, stick to the principles, drop the pride, and look to God's power. But ultimately, it really does come back to the person of Jesus. Amen? He cares for everyone. Have you ever thought about how much Jesus really loves that person? And Jesus always links our love for him to our love for others. Always. He did that with you and me. And he expects his disciples to do the same. And we can't do that. By the way, all these things are so impossible without the power of God. So are you going to just see their problems or are you going to see Jesus in every person? Because when you do, you have an opportunity to serve the king. Um... Can I just say I'm guilty of this? We have a children's ministry. I'm not guilty of children's ministry. I'm guilty of the lack of children's ministry sometimes. Um, I like junior hires. I love high schoolers. I was a youth pastor for a long time. But man, you know what's hard for me? The little sniveling kids that are, you get the stuff coming out and they just want to, hey, and I love kids. I do. But I love them at a distance. I love getting the high fives and everything. But you call me to go in and talk to 15 little kids that are like all running around every which way. I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus, I need your power because I can't do it. We have a children's ministry that has many, many holes in it. Maybe God's looking to call you to serve him with a four-year-old, with an eight-year-old. This is what it's about. You can't look at the personality. You can't look to your pride. And you certainly can't look to the people. You got to see the person of Jesus. You've got to. You've got to rely on his power. And you've got to trust his principles. We have an opportunity to take communion. Oh, and by the way, if you ever want to sign up, I don't want you to do it out of guilt. I want you to do it because Jesus is bringing you to it. But we have a sign-up sheet every week. And they need you just as much just as much. Um, we have an opportunity to take communion. I love this because this really fits. This really fits with what we're doing today because we're honestly saying when we grab the bread, and, and, and by the way, we do this purposefully. We have it to where you have to come up and get it. You know why? Because God sets it down. But there's a part where we get to join in Him with him and partner with him and we have to go and get it. We have to bring our offering. We have to come and see and taste that the Lord is good. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Do you get it? There's a partnership here. And so what we say at the communion table is, God, I'm letting go and I'm letting you take it. 
What we're saying is, I know I deal with these personalities from my so-and-so or the coworker here, and I'm really trusting in my own self and not your power. And man, I don't see you in these people. <laughs> That's what we're doing when we come to this. But we say, I want your power. I need it. I have to trust it. Because at the end of the day, if I'm climbing this mountain and I don't have my hands open, I'm done. I've done it too much. And so we come to the communion table and we, we, we ask the Lord of hosts who sent his son to walk the path we could never walk. Lead me. That's why I'm taking it. So what I'd like to do right now is I'd, I'd like to bring up, the, bring up the worship team to, to start some worship. But I have a little story I want to tell you. I think it just really plays this out. Because this is a real life True story. And I want you to think about this story when maybe you're taking communion. I knew a youth worker. And this youth worker was called to deal with these junior high kids, especially this group of junior high girls. And in particular, there was this one junior high girl that drove her nuts. And in herself, this youth worker said, I don't like that personality of that kid. I just don't. They drive me crazy. And if it was up to me, I would never talk to this kid ever again. Don't judge her. You've been there. You've been there. I know you have. Because I have. But the Lord told her, you got to deal with this person. Quit looking at the personality and trust in my principles. So she did. She stopped passing judgment and she started paying attention and hanging out and taking this girl out. And it was tough. At the end of the day, she would come back and she I'm so drained. This person is crazy. But then she realized that she hung out more with her and she stopped passing judgment and, and looked past the personality and, 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 and went to this person with the principles and, and just said, you know what, I don't want to have my pride anymore. I want to deal with this the right way. She dropped it. And she, she just, through the power of God, she was able to ask these probing questions that no one ever asked of this girl and found out that this girl had been raped repeatedly by her father for years and years and years and was now in prison for life. And maybe that's why this girl had a personality that no one liked. And this youth leader... Dropping personality, dropping her pride, saw Jesus. And can I just say to you, there, Jesus is out there. He's real. And he's in those people that you have an issue with way more than your friends. <laughs> way more than your loved ones. Because those are easy. And it's easy for us to say, oh man, you blessed me today. I can see the hand of God in you. But when it comes through the person you can't stand or your enemy the hungry, the sick. This is why we go to the least, last, and the lost. This is why I say it's such a blessing to serve the kids, especially when you can't stand it. (laughs) Because the truth is you're going to see Jesus. And the testimony that that girl has today is in part because of that one youth leader who just let Jesus take her up the mountain with her hands wide open. Amen. That's what communion's all about. Not me. Him. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We just got to come back to the cross and we have to say thank you, thank you, 
thank you. You didn't come down just to tell us how spent we were and how terribly off we are and good luck. You came down to say, I get it, I know it. You've done this, but I'm going to lead you. Here's the principles. And through the power of my Holy Spirit, I'm going to lead you. And I'm definitely going to lead you to that area of life that you're going to see people that drive you crazy, but that's where I'm at. Because it's the sick that need a doctor. It's the sinners that need a Savior. Lord, we just want to come before you and we want to thank you. That's why we come to the table of communion. Because we know we, you've made a way. So we just want to honor you by remembering what you did that we could never do. And apply it to our life tomorrow. My hope, my prayer is that there are people here today that say, I am going to drop my pride and trust in the power of the blood of Jesus. And I'm going to look to that person of Jesus and that person that I can't stand. And I'm going to serve. I'm going to give. Thank you so much for being practical with us and giving us your son Jesus. May we, in turn, serve you now and not judge. In Jesus' name, amen.